0: This is really fascinating because we have a whole thing going on in our culture right now about identity politics. Right. But what I hear you saying is there's a whole generation of people who is struggling to determine that what their identity is. Yes. Okay.
1: Because why? Because we've told them they have choices.
0: Oh interesting.
1: So these are (laughs) these are smart, sensitive, caring, compassionate responsible human beings who whose greatest desire from my reading of their papers and from my relationships with them a lot of them they want a relationship with God hmm. but we've complicated it hmm. we've made it so that it's so difficult that they don't know where to turn hmm. so so here's what I would say when my, when my you know beautiful student says to me, um, um, I, I uh, can't have a relationship with God because of how I identify with my sexuality, hmm. I am able to say that's just so not true. Interesting. You can have a relationship with God. But for his 22 years, he has heard on social media or, you know, maybe not for 22 years, but for yeah. at least seven of those years.
0: The formative years. The yeah.
1: formative years. He heard, well, only these kinds of people can have faith in because we called it Christian faith or whatever. And I want to say, we've got to change the way we're talking about this.
0: That's so interesting. You know, this reminds me of when I was going through um, an elder, our elder process at our church. Yeah. And um, our pastor who was leading this, the first part of it, I wrote it down. I'll ha- I wish I had it with me. Um, talked about our identity is in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. It starts there. Right. Right. It's not in anything else. No and um and i was like you know that is so simple yet it is so true and but profound to your point mm-hmm. it has become about all these other things yes it has and and it sounds like from your perspective they're competing identities
1: well of course they are because we're not those things can we can talk about later but we're trying to get there too fast mm-hmm. we need to stay here mm. we need to stay right here and talk to one another our, our, our neighbors, our friends, our young people, our children about this is their interesting. identity in
0: Christ. So like you go all the way back to Socrates, you know, mm-hmm. um, Plato and, mm-hmm. and Socrates and it, and the whole idea of knowing yourself right. And the only way to really know yourself is to know how to identify myself in this world of that's right. all these different things, that's right. right? So you're saying that we've come back to a point where people have lost their identity because it it doesn't sound like historically this has been a problem for people.
1: Probably not as much because they didn't have as much information to choose from, mm-hmm. right? Now it's constant; it's all the time. So I'm, I'm maybe they if they did have a compet- competition with their identity because is individualism
0: mm-hmm. as. It sounds like what we're talking about is individualism to the degree that there's so much individualism that people don't have any identity at all.
1: Well, individualism plus lack of guidance. Okay. So that's what I would say. Okay. There's there's an enormous lack of
0: guidance. Today. So what? So this leads into your book, <laughs> right? <laughs> so t- how does this go into that whole thing okay and don't worry about the time because i can edit this okay okay
1: <laughs> well so it was that fall after i obviously had such a deep response it was very moving to me to hear what my students said and then in my own life uh, when when i shared with you how i felt there was a sense of sense of failure mm-hmm. um something had happened in in my in my personal life that kind of came back around, and I was able to to see it differently. And that's when I heard God say to me, you see all this as failure, but Pam, really what these things have been these last two years is a test of your faith. Hmm. And now I want you to go back and read your journals for the last two years, and now I want you to write your book. Hmm. And for the first time in trying to kind of define what it takes to win or what it means to have a flourishing life. I was able to say those sense of failures I had, that was the enemy saying you failed
0: Hmm. or
1: they failed you.
0: Hmm. And
1: that disappointment is going to take you down. Whereas God, when we have the perspective of faith, God is saying, you know, who are you?
0: Hmm.
1: And it's a test of our faith. Scripture talks about that the things, the tribulations are a test of who we truly are. Hmm. And so what I, what I would say is that's when I sat down, I read through my journals, and I saw the four distinct tests that came against me that I thought were failures. Hmm. And then I was able, and what at that moment, I decided that I was going to write um, a parable.
0: Okay. So mm-hmm. uh, before you jump in the parable, because yes. I, I have forgotten that it was a parable. Right. Right. Um, I want to say something about failure. Okay, and in um, innovation. Okay. So, because we started out talking yes. about innovation, yes. right? And and it's that when you're innovating, you never fail. You mm. only learn, mm. right? And innovators are creators, and of course, we're made in the image of the ultimate creator, yes. which means we are creators. But like mm. you said, the lie is that you fail. Mm-hmm. The truth is that you learn. Mm. And so it's it interesting that you were called back to go. Learn what you didn't know. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that this wasn't mm-hmm. about failure. It was about learning what you needed to know to mm-hmm. become the person you needed to be for what God was going to do with you.
1: And that is a lo- that's a long—that's a way to see something long-term. We're so short-sighted.
0: Yeah. Well, it's hard to see when you're In, underwater. Right. Well, and
1: when you feel what you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so what the a few things that came out of that what that I think is so important and I think again where we need to change our the way we're talking about faith is in order to recognize flourishing faith on the inside which it is on the inside you have to believe that God and Satan both exist. Mm-hmm. There's a war. And if you don't face that, you're going to always think it's that something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. There's a war when you're in the Messiah sphere like that, right? I mm-hmm. mean, there's a... So that's the first thing is that God and Satan exists. The second thing is that we sin, and sin separates us from God, and that's our brokenness. But then the third thing is, which is so true, is that God initiates our faith, and he is sovereign. I I, I know that sounds really simple, Rob, but when I realized that if I were to turn and say, God is sovereign over my life, then I stop looking through the perspective through the lens of everything I've done as a failure. I realize that He's all these things that have happened are for my faith to flourish, but I get to choose. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're not telling people.
0: So it sounds like what you're trying to do is make sense for people of the situation they that all human beings find themselves in right yes um and and that's that's obviously a challenge right because what you're trying to do is you're trying to put it in a way that somebody young Mm -hmm. um and we're all you know on a spectrum of uh experience right Mm -hmm. but somebody who is trying to form an identity yes is Having to do it within a context. And what you're trying to – what it sounds like you're Mm -hmm. trying to say is that all of us find ourselves in this context. Yes. That these realities are present.
1: Yes, these realities are present. But I would also um, throw another um, thought in here that says the people who are under 35 probably have more anxiety, more depression – And more mental illness than we've ever seen? Not probably. Actually do. Okay. Like that's a
0: verified fact.
1: (laughs) So so that's what's making me turn the volume up. Okay. So I don't think any of the truths that I just said three minutes ago have changed. Mm -hmm. God and Satan exist. Sin separates us from God. God is sovereign and he initiates our faith.
0: Mm -hmm. And I imagine you run into a challenge right off the bat. Absolutely. Like, well, Pam, who determines what evil is? Right, I right. mean, because you say this is evil, and they say no, it's actually good. Right, right, and I mean, let's let's even talk about what happens in K through twelve. Right, that's exactly right. <laughs> so, so the the issue you're describing sounds like it's going to get a lot worse. Yes, it is uh, before it gets better. But what it sounds like you're saying also is that w- this is why we have to do something immediately. Absolutely. Okay, so what? Besides describing the circumstances yes. that people find themselves in, yes, you go in, write this parable. Mm-hmm. How do you jump into, what is the solution?
1: My main character ends up having to make three choices. Okay. And so that is actually one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast with you today, because I think that, that the more we can do this in community, like talk about these three choices, hmm. um, the more we'll be able to internalize it for each one of us no matter how old we are okay and that's really ultimately so that's what, what we get to and so he i don't want i don't want to give away the parable obviously <laughs> um, but he does have to make three choices and the first one is um to turn to god hmm. sounds simple doesn't it mm-hmm. but we often don't want to think about how often in the course of your day you you know, you, you don't turn to him. And there's, there's some, for some people, they might not turn to God because they feel like it's an obligation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And other people just feel like a failure. So why they don't want to, they don't want God to see who they really are. There's all kinds of excuses, but actually that's the first step.
0: Hmm. And and I imagine there's some people who don't even think about that exactly that's not even something that's one of the options because they're like what what turn to god what does that even mean you know
1: (laughs) exactly so that's the first choice the second choice is to give god permission to work in your life Hmm. again that sounds obvious but god is not going to do anything out of partnership with us Hmm. he's a co-creator he's not going to force Mm -hmm. himself on us when when you look at the way god operates
0: so so this reminds me of a conversation, actually, okay. we had at the very beginning that you alluded to. Okay. And I think I remember, actually, we had two conversations. Okay. We had one that preceded the one that you mentioned. Okay. You remember when I talked about, called you and talked to you about the devotional exper- experiment? This is when our last son was born. So this is like yes. three years ago. Yes, And I said, Pam, what if you acted like God really exists? <laughs>
1: How would okay. you behave? Yeah,
0: yeah. I remember. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> how would you behave? Okay. <laughs> or how would you act? How okay. would you function, right? Okay. And then I I shared with you John Wesley's devotional experiment, which is what he mm. would offer people to um, get them to taste the faith. And he just mm. said pretend like Christianity is true and do the things that real Hmm. Christians do and then see what (laughs) happens. I forgot about that. Yeah, I
1: totally forgot about
0: that. (laughs) And anyway, this really reminds me of this because you said turn to God, you know, and it's like, okay, (gasps) how do I do that? Right. (laughs) Right. Well, there's some things you can actually do, you know, like, pray, pray. <laughs> you know um listen you know all these anyway yeah. i don't want to get off on no a but tangent. that's
1: right that yeah, i remember when you told me that and how much it changed actually you know what you told me that day you told me i remember this night, you said pam i actually felt more joy
0: yes that is true by 100%. experimenting yes
1: with with your pretending got not pretending yeah. but
0: but but you know at the same time it's I know it sounds funny to say pretend like God exists. Right. Like if you were to give all Christians a quiz. Yeah. They could an- it's kind of to your point earlier. They could answer every question correctly. Mhm. But then there's and that's the external part. That's right. But then there's the internal part of what right. do you actually do?
1: Right. And right. how do you
0: actually behave? And how do you react? Yeah. And, and Wesley was basically trying to say, this is the devotional experiment. And the mm. purpose of the devotional experiment is to give you experiential evidence of its truth. Yes.
1: Yes. And, said, and that's imagine what, if you
0: read your Bible every day, something will happen. Something will happen. Right? That's exactly anyway.
1: what I tell my adult daughters, right? right? Right. I'm like, look, I don't care if you do it for five minutes, 10 minutes, yeah. whatever, but something will happen.
0: Yes. Yes. You know, when you yes. walk
1: into the house of God,
0: something happens. Yeah. And, it, and it, the thing that happens is God does stuff. Yes, he does. Okay. so anyway. All right.
1: So my third point, real quick. Did you have a second one? Yes. Okay. The, okay. To give God permission to work oh, in your God, life. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's where this so all So turn went. to okay, God. Gotcha.
1: Then second, give God permission to work in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you'd be amazed at, you know, that really, how that relationship strengthens. But the third, um, decision choice that we have to make is to discern between the voices. Mm. And Rob, actually, I would say that is the, the most difficult one, but the most important one. Because, like, as we said earlier, the volume's been turned up on what's going on in our there's like an inner war right particularly uh for i think people who um are, are already sort of in the faith i think that the enemy has gone for them i think the voices are so strong we see the rate of suicide has has gone up very very high particularly in men there is there are voices that are so confusing we don't know if it's us we don't know where it's coming from but we don't know who to listen to
0: you know that's really interesting because going back to social media mm-hmm. and turning the volume up, the volume on the voices and the number of voices yes. um, is so huge. And and you know when you step back and think about like what's actually going on here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, people of faith, a lot of times we understand that there's this is spiritual. You know? Yes, it is. Um, but the voices is huge because – and you kind of alluded to this with your uh, students – is that they're getting all these voices. Mm-hmm. And these voices are all in contradiction a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And they're listening to the voices to try to help figure out what is my identity. That's right. How do I make these choices? That's right. And so your parable is trying to say this is addressing that question. Yes, it is. Okay.
1: Yes, it is. And in fact, um, my main character – um, it gets really honest hmm. about the the voices that that he hears. and he decides to to he decides to find god's to hear God's voice above all the others. But I do want to say that one of the people he's closest to um decides not to and and i and I actually wanted to in the in this parable show that what do you do when the people who are closest to you? don't want to turn to god don't Mm. want to give him permission don't want to discern the voices i i think that's an important question too Mm -hmm. because that's actually it's in an individual choice and the way that we treat people who we think should be doing something else i think really matters Mm. it is not our responsibility to change people right in fact, I think that pushes people away from things of the faith. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the dynamics I wanted to have happen. Um, actually, it just kind of happened really while I was writing it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I remember sort of thinking, oh, right. I'm not going to let her just fall into line. You right. know, that's not reality. Right. I have I have dear friends whose adult children who were committed, committed, committed in their Christian faith who have not just lost their faith but have decided to become atheists Hmm. well what does my friend do now well that's what that's kind of what i had to address because it's not our job to hit people over the head Mm -hmm. um but that's their individual choice
0: you know it's really interesting um i'm reading a book by charlotte mason called ourselves okay and she talks about this concept of a dual self. And essentially what it is, is um, along these lines is we think that we come to our conclusion based upon our reasons. Hmm. And she says, that's actually an illusion. Your reasons justify your will. You decide where you want to go and then you find the reasons for going there. And so, for example, Hmm. she says, you don't, you don't go, Oh, I got reasoned into atheism. You, your will got interested in going that route and making that sort of, she, cause she calls it direction. Hmm. And so the direction puts you on a course, but it starts internally first, right? Yes, it right? does. Um, but anyway, going back hmm. to kind of what you're saying, hmm. how do you, your students are trying to start.
1: Yes, they are.
0: And they're, the voices are competing. Yeah, And so it sounds like what you're trying to say is, I need to get this voice loud enough mm-hmm. and clear enough mm-hmm. and you're trying to do it through this parable which is something that Jesus does too. Yeah.
1: So that's that's what I want to do. That's my goal with this book, it's my goal with the podcasts. I want to talk about why our faith matters. Hmm. Because I can't seem to find a place where there's not conflict over it. I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about it with peace. Hmm. And not and simplicity, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I, and are you going to bring students into this that were <gasps> yes, in your class? Yes, I do.
1: I want, and I have some who have actually read the parable. Oh, and because I, I did focus groups with them, hmm. and their feedback was phenomenal.
0: Hmm.
1: Not even what I expected.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So, I, so is your book published
1: now? No, 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 no. I'm at, I'm waiting because I want I I really want to be discerning hmm. about how we go about this. So, so you're
0: getting their feedback and yep. are you making changes yes. to the book? Yeah, oh I interesting. Am. So okay. I'm
1: waiting and and actually Rob, one of the things I want to do is I want to go to the Evolving Faith Conference in October. I don't know if you know about that, it's <laughs> in Denver. And that's a place where I'd like to be part of the conversation. Um it might be people who we disagree um theologically but i want to be part of the conversation i think that's one of the ways that we can make a more unified voice mm. is by learning how to talk to one another yeah so
0: no that's great.
1: so yeah so i'm in process
0: awesome yeah cool well podcasting is a great way to to work okay, out Okay well the process. i hope we'll do it again yeah absolutely thank you it was right, awesome thanks rob great All to right. see you you too